Welcome to the 49th episode of the NL Feast podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the Kung Pao to my chicken, Brandon Grove. Is that what you made tonight? Did you That's make what Kung I made Pao? tonight. Yes. Very, uh, very nice. good job. Did you fry I, it? What did you do? What'd I you, have a walk now, dude. I'm walking it up. Oh, are you? <laughs> did you make the sauce from scratch? Or did I you made everything from scratch. I made wow. everything from you, scratch. So yeah, you know, so because kung pao is normally fried, right? Like nine times out of ten. It's not, I don't know. I feel like it's it's like a well, it was fried, but it wasn't deep fried. It wasn't like breaded, but it was pan gotcha. fried. It was like wok fried. Um, honestly, dude, it's so easy. It's so easy. You need some. You need a couple of like obscure ingredients, like Chinese black vinegar and mirin, and like a couple of the more like. I tried to make staples. an Asian dish, couldn't find the black vinegar anywhere. There's no way. There's not like a thousand great Asian grocery stores in Los Angeles. Oh, there definitely is. I just went to Ralph's. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Ralph's wasn't gonna have. Like, like, uh, yeah, Mirin or Chinese black vinegar, anything like that. There's a, I work right by Chinatown, so it's super easy for me to just, like, swing into a gotcha. grocery store before I get on the train. So one day I went and I just stocked up on everything, like, all the, the ingredients that I couldn't find in my local grocery store. And then uh-huh. got a wok, got a mortar and pestle, and now it's, like, super easy to knock this shit out. It's, you dude, what? Really, what did you say you got? I said I got a, a mortar and pestle, like the little grinding oh, thing oh, yes, for the yes, spices. Because yes, yes, yes. the Kung Pao chicken requires Szechuan peppercorns. Are you familiar with those? Dude. I used the peppercorn for something, and I realized that I needed to grind it. It's fucked me up. It's dude, that thing will feel like you you bit into lightning. That stuff is it's dude, a weird. Sensation. Destroyed my life. Yeah. Destroyed my life. Yeah, so I grabbed out of control pepper. I took like seven or eight and ground them up and used that in like a pound of chicken. Like I used very few for a pound. Like yes. it's not black pepper style peppercorns. You know okay, what I mean? so it's, now I know because I have a whole thing of it, and it was like ten bucks. So yeah, like, it's not cheap. Yeah, it's not not cheap. cheap. So I gotta get I gotta get the grinder. You can also uh, just like put paper towel down, smash with like a like a, a meat tenderizer or a po- big po- like potter pan or something like you don't need the mortar pestle it's just do you think i'm a caveman i think well you know brandon i did see you on a couple of geico commercials so i uh, uh, that was me that was you. uh that's how we fund this podcast my <laughs> residual checks uh you know i'm i'm sort of i have a hard time doing asian cooking because it's so good at restaurants and i'm yeah. like um, it's never going to be as good especially when we live in la or new york yeah it's like, exactly. there's so many amazing restaurants that it's like what well, the shit i'm going to make is not going to be the you same be, thing i bet you you aren't giving yourself enough credit i've like dedicated myself the last couple of years to try to teach myself to be better at cooking and i'm not great you know i'm no superstar my brother yeah. is still a better cook than i am my mom and dad well my mom's so better cook than i am no offense dad i know you're listening listen dad you make great ragu i've heard the stories i know what you i know your college <laughs> like, days like the jar of ragu <laughs> he makes what if i told you my dad worked for ragu the company oh um, ragu he makes ragu um but i uh i i've been dedicating myself to it recently and it's it's not as hard as you think you th- it's also just cheaper like i made miranda and i dinner today yeah. and i spent like five dollars on chicken and had everything else yeah. at home um so it was it was just it was just easier but i'm i, I mean, I'm, you a, can do I'm a decent cook it's just the ones that venture into indian yeah dude chinese japanese thai i can't do it it's just not going to be as good it's, and never it's gonna so tasty at the restaurants i just can't do it so like the italian stuff i've mastered the italian stuff i can do it eggplant parm all day baby oh that sounds great dude. all day i can do it when you're coming um, to new york now you're making me eggplant parm you just pimped yourself out congratulations well it's also the same thing because you can go to any restaurant that's in true. new york so <laughs> you don't want me true. to make it <laughs> 
This episode of NL Feast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Listen, tons of people take a multivitamin. It's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which is a word I just learned today. Adaptogens. I could use some adaptogens in my life to help start your day right. Listen, it's a scoop. You just toss it in your protein shake, get back from the gym, you've been running treadmill, training for that marathon, getting jacked. Maybe it's cutting season. Maybe it's bulking season. Who cares? Throw a little athletic greens in your protein shake and you will be good to go. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets as well. So vegans, maybe double check. You never know with these things, but sounds like it's good for you. Good for those uh, pescatarian diets, maybe. I don't know why that's the first one that came to my brain, but the caveman diet, maybe it's good for the paleo heads out there. I don't know. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus it costs less than $3 a day, $3 a day. That's less than a cup of coffee. I spend more on bacon, egg and cheeses here in New York City than I'd spend on some athletic greens and Sound a little bit more healthy to me. Listen, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's getting chilly here in the big city, so I could use some of that. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, sports nerds, have you heard of ColorCast? Well, ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and it's free to use. You can talk to me. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. That's right. Athletes and insiders, not just schmoes like me. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to all the breaking news. I got on there, I got some friends, I got some followers, and I got into arguments where I found out I was wrong. But you're going to be right when you get ColorCast. Download it today. It is free to use. Bring those spicy takes, baby. Brandon, what's up with you, man? How's your weekend? What have you been, what's been going on? Uh, it was good. I was out of town this weekend, but when I got back, I have a kind of a crazy story. So I went to there's a new taco place like uh, two blocks or so from me. It's actually yeah. been so since I've lived here, there's been four different iterations. There's been Crown Chili Burger. I shouldn't actually name these because people will find out where I live. <laughs> no. um, it was this weird. You know, L.A. has a lot. If you've never been to L.A., L.A. has. I know you've been to L.A., but if people have never been to L.A., they have a lot of those places that are like we do burgers, teriyaki, burritos. <laughs> and they just do they do everything. So that was here for a little bit. It closed. It became a shake place. Hmm. Like uh, a, pretty just good. A, just like a straightforward burgers shake. and shake fries. Oh, okay. Pretty solid. It closed, be, immediately became a, a tacos and french fries place. Okay. Like and they California did like weird tacos. Kind of uh, they did like weird tacos with like hamburger taco. It was weird. It wasn't that great. It closed. It became a new taco place. And by the way, from the shake place to this, the same owner, because you can see on your bank statement, same oh, place. Oh, true. So same place. Interesting. Um, a and I went, I went to the place uh, last night after getting back into town. First thing, 
I saw the uh, they have the food rating. They got had an A, but I noticed that it was from January 2021 when this iteration of the restaurant was not there. So they're oh. using the same one <laughs> from when they were the hamburger taco place. Interesting. Um, okay. Keeping that in mind. Anyway, I look at the menu, and this is sort of topical for the for the baseball podcast. Eighty percent of the menu had marlin as like their main, like their the main, like the fish, like the protein. Like the fish, like the baseball team. What yeah. the hell? Marlin was a Marlin? Main... They didn't have chicken. They had Marlin. Like Marlin lot. fingers? Like grilled Marlin sandwiches? Like N- No, in tacos and burritos. Oh, one, it, okay. said, it said smoked Marlin for one of them, but all the other ones just said Marlin. Did you get it some just Marlin? Said Marlin? I didn't get the Marlin. Oh, you know? Brandon. I had Rocky Mountain Oysters. You can't eat a little Marlin? No, hey, it's right down the block for me, so That's I'm excited to. But anyway, I got, I, I got a uh, uh, the Berea. I don't know. I'm oh, not no. The, yeah, the birria. Yeah. Bur- yeah, yeah. I got that in burrito form. It was very good. No Marlin. No, but-, but when I was waiting in line, I was waiting in line, and I hear this voice behind me. It's a very deep voice. And uh, I turn around, there's a, a very pretty model-type young woman there. And uh, she's with a gentleman whose voice I recognize. And I am 99% sure it was actor, noted cannibal, Army Hammer. Army Hammer, dude? I'm quite certain it was him. It, it's set because you know he has that voice. He has yeah. that like he has yeah, that very yeah, like yeah, yeah. deep voice, you know. Uh, it sounds like Adam Driver. But like you Did know, you it, glance back and like make eye contact? I I so his back was to me, but I saw his profile. Okay. And um and she saw me and then they moved to like a hidden corner next to the Marlon. Don't go into place. a hidden corner with Army yeah. Hammer. What are you doing? That's a <laughs> but, big she, no-no. Yeah, but he was clearly a few years older than her as okay. a as, as human he like like him would be. Um and he was just kind of shitty. He was wearing like a YMCA long sleeve shirt and like the uh Birkenstocks sort of. Okay. Yeah. So he was not dressed great, but I was but I looked him up in like paparazzi pics to see if he dressed like shit when he's out and about. Yeah. And does he? He does. Okay. He does. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was him. I know he wouldn't be in my area necessarily. I was about to say it's, not, it's an interesting part of town for him to be in. Yeah. But you're not I mean, too it's far like away. It's a hip from... area, but it's not it's not like fancy like the money he has. But if he's picking up young girls, which he definitely is. <laughs> he's in the right neighborhood. <laughs> he's in the right neighborhood. Also he's so. not he's not too far away from some studios. There's a couple studios that are not too far away from you. So yeah, hypothetically and if, he, and if he lives in one of the fancier areas like where yeah. a lot of the studios are, yeah, like you said you know, easy. Go, goes there, insane, picks up dude. a 25-year-old uh, that's trying to be an actor. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. There you go. I We were just talking about celebrity encounters like not too long ago, like two or three it's weeks ago. It's kind of a too. crazy one because of the news. Yeah, dude. Well, he's he got dropped from that Jennifer Lopez ro- weird island rom-com thing they were going to do. And then I haven't heard anything out of his camp since. Well, he but, was in the Death on the Nile movie. Oh, was he really? The Kenneth Branagh movie. Yeah, With but Gal they tried Gadot? to cut him. Yes, but they tried to cut him out of the trailer, but he is in it. My he's man's in it. in it. Oh, my he's God. He's in it, and he's eating Marlin, baby. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. Brandon, I did. There's uh, there, There's two things I want to comment on. First off, we should make you eat Marlin if the Mets ever sweep the Marlins during uh, during the regular season. What do you think of that? Oh, deal. Deal? That's a deal. Also, yeah. trying to hear you, like, uh, not in a, in the least offensive way possible, say there was a hot chick right behind you, and you're just like, there was a pretty young women, woman that was standing the, yes. uh, eight feet she away. Was, she <laughs> was conventionally pretty. I did not approach. <laughs> it was really, that was kind of cracking me up. But I, I can't believe you saw Army Hammer, dude. That's, like, a, by far a bigger celebrity than I did. And also just... I wish I could. I, I can't. 100% confirmed, but I can 99.9 Listen, confirm, listen to your that gut. That voice dude. is him, man. Listen to I'm your gut. I'm listening to my Marlin-filled gut. Did you... If, re- Sorry, no, I interrupted you. I was going to say, so if, if... 
I agree that if the Marlins sweep the Mets, God forbid, I will eat Marlin from the place down the street. I'll do yes. it on the podcast. I don't care. If the Mets sweep the Marlins, uh, Ooh, I you got to I have to eat Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt. You got <laughs> oh, to kill. No. You got army hammer Mr. Matt. I got army hammer Mr. Matt. Did you read the did you read that big piece that came out about like the history of Army Hammer and his family and everything? Uh no, does it have something to do with the Arm and Hammer thing or is that coincidental? He I think they Oh, it's such a weird story. It's like they were Hammer and then just like billionaire rich people do bought Arm and Hammer as a joke because they named or they named it. I forget what it is, but they are connected. That is the that is the same family. That's the same family. Read the piece. A lot of really awful familial history on his side. So uh, not not podcast appropriate, but uh, let's just say it runs in the family. Brandon, <laughs> there, yeah. there's a lot of bad people in the Hammer family, as billionaire freaks do. Dude, listen, if you get too much money, something happens. Something happens. You're eating Marlin on a street corner. <laughs> talking to a twenty five year old on young actors. <laughs> he didn't give you any attention though, Brandon. That's a shame. I know, and I was trying. I was saying, hey, Army, can, can you sign my Death on the Nile poster? I keep it with me at all times. Uh, back pocket, straight up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had an interesting weekend. It was, it was my girlfriend's birthday, so we were pretty busy. Um, watched a movie with no Army Hammer. Watched Nightmare Alley. We talked a little bit about that before the show started. Um, I made food. I made Kung Pao chicken again. I just had the extra ingredients today and needed an emergency dinner, so that's why I threw it mm-hmm. together so fast today. Um, and I also made. I this is something I'm proud of, and we're we've been talking a lot about cooking. I promise this is a baseball podcast. We'll get into a couple signings before we get into our phenomenal interview that we have at the at the back end of the show. Um, I I made dinner for a large group of people without a recipe. I just went to a store, bought ingredients, made something, and it was it was a a, a moment of pride for me, Brandon. I felt like my my uh, culinary journey had come to a, a, a notable milestone. What did you make? Wait, this wasn't Kung Pao, though. This was not Kung Pao. No, this was just like a sausage uh, vodka sauce pasta. Oh, thing. Italian. This, Very good. You made the vodka sauce from scratch? Uh, yeah, crushed. Like, I, I got canned tomatoes and, and cream. Oh, and, yeah. I was, uh, I was like, what's the easiest thing I can make for a larger group of people? Because it was one of those classic things where you're like, oh... The four, because my girlfriend shares a birthday with one of my best friends, girlfriends. And so we're like, oh, the four of us will hang out. That'll be nice. And then, you know, people just get added on that. Before I knew it, I was like, oh, we're cooking for 10 people now. We can't do just like fish, <laughs> not Marlin, but we can't do just like fish. <laughs> um, so I was, I, we just went to the store and spent like a, 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 I don't know, money on getting a bunch of pasta dishes. I like this from scratch uh, uh, sauce making you're doing. You can do it, dude. It's not hard. It's really not hard. I made my own salad dressing today, too. Well, look at this man. I'm telling you, it's not hard, Brandon. I, okay. You are a very smart man. You would have no problem figuring this Listen, out. Listen, I'm a good cook, but I haven't ventured into sauces yet. That's you a know? game changer. I'm a cook, not a chef. <laughs> I feel like, you know what? I'm not a baker, dude. Anytime I try to bake, I am fucking it up. I guarantee you. Oh, see, I, I, I'm... Uh, that's where I got you. Yeah. I got the baking. That's I got right. The baking well, down, we need, we're a match made in heaven, then. I'll take the entree. You take the dessert. I got uh, apple muffins. Huh? I was Who's just about to say, what's, what's your go-to bake dish? Well, this isn't, isn't my go-to, but it's the best thing I've done. I did like with chunks of apple. Oh, that I did sounds so apple good. cinnamon muffins that were like not like. I mean, you could do it for breakfast, obviously. But yeah, they were. They were hits. They were hits. They were hits. They were a smash. Did hit. the friends love them? The roommates love uh, them. I think I just ate them myself actually when <laughs> yeah, I had them. I'll get that. I have a curse where a roommate of mine, uh, Michael, my good my good friend and roommate Michael, bakes like an extraordinary amount of stuff and it just leads to me like you know munching on i don't know he's got like pumpkin bread in the kitchen right now with like homemade frosted cream cream cheese frosting or whatever and it's like i can't i don't have the self-control for this stuff no. to be around man get get it out of here i i can't buy sweets or else it's, it's oh, game over dude. 
Dude, game same over. Way. Same way. Same way. Brandon, M&Ms, and I say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, use them to bake cookies later in the week. Ah, oh, they're gone. We never night, talked about this on the show, but there was uh, a, a chat between you and me about what are we going to do. One of the many conversations we had about what do we do if the baseball season is delayed. And a segment that we were considering was a weird candy review segment <laughs> where we both went to different uh, bodegas or, or supermarkets and got like the strangest candy we could find and then ate it on the show and talked about it. Well, uh, let's do another deal. If the Mets and Marlins are out of it by August, then we do that. Okay. Well, yeah. Very, I mean, I'm down. The thing is, we've marketed ourselves as all, and this this interview at the I end, of, yeah, we're, we're never completely out of it, unfortunately, with the way it's gone. But I am down to do, maybe during the All-Star break, I mean, we still have to do our, our second annual uh, with Power Hour in honor of the, the end of the baseball season. Don't forget that. That's nine months away, so we have that to look uh, I have to. it on my calendar. It's marked. <laughs> you could do shots of like... Jello flavored Skittles or something weird that you find at the, the Ralphs or something. Um, but Brandon, we do have to talk a little bit about baseball before we get into our awesome interview um, with Amanda. We we do want to talk about a couple of the signings that happened this past week. I'll get you uh, get you get your opinion on them. I'll give you my opinion. And Brandon, the first one we have, the Phillies th- this last week really doubled down on the no defense, all offense strategy. They signed both Kyle Schwarber to a four year, uh, pretty much eighty million dollar deal, and then they signed Nick Castellanos, Miami native. To a five-year, hundred million dollar deal, Brandon. They spent a hundred and eighty million dollars and f- uh, four years of guarantee for two very talented offensive players. <coughs> oh, excuse me. What do you uh, what do you think of these signings? Are are you all in on the Phillies' dedication to the offense? Um, well, first off, it's funny because Bryce Bryce Harper. Remember, he made the statement where he was like, basically, like, we need people around we me. We need to make moves. I want Chris true. Bryant. Yeah. Um, well, saying. I mean, I think if you look at this point, like, if you look at every position, the only players with a positive defensive metric, either DRS or, or um, outs above average, is Segura at second and Real Muto a catcher. Everyone else is putrid. Negative. Yeah, putrid. awful. Baum, Gregorius, Reese Hoskins. Um, Castellanos. Bryce did not, Bryce yeah. did not have a, a, a great year last year. Um, Oduble in center field. I'm assuming he's going to be a center fielder. I know he's dealing with some injuries now. But, I mean, it makes sense because they're not going to be able to – they weren't going to be able to fix their woes uh, with you know, that's a great if, point. Even if they just got Kevin Kermeyer in center field, that would have been great. But then, okay, great. Well, everyone else on the team is <laughs> we'll look out everywhere. Um, else. So, I mean, I appreciate it because they know Citizens Bank is a bandbox. They know Schwarber se- seemingly as cl- something's clicked in his swing, and now he's going to be able to hit 35 homers a year. Castellanos, big power guy as well. So why not? Why not? I mean, they're going to try to outscore everyone. They're going to w- be winning a lot of 12 to 10 games and losing a lot of 12 to 10, ga- 10 games as well. Um, so I appreciate it. Uh, there's gonna be some, you know, it's, there's going to be, those games are going to be the scariest because if the game's close and you're going to have any of those three guys, but then you also, uh, of, of Harper, Castellanos and Schwarber up, I that's mean, scary. Be those are not three and dudes. All, I mean, to... also Hoskins is someone you don't want up with, with a runner's scoring position in a tight game either. No, so... absolutely. And JT is one of the best offensive catchers in the league. Like there's, yeah, there's a lot of things that are a little dangerous on that Philly roster. I really like what you said about the idea of them just leaning into their identity. Cause the thing that we talked yeah. about on this podcast a lot is like, it's important for a team to know their identity. And so that everybody's on the same page and they know what kind of baseball team they are and then, and then play to their strengths. And, the, I mean, the front office set up the, the the dugout to know exactly what kind of team they are. They are a, a powerhouse of an offense, and they will make eight errors every game, and it doesn't matter because yeah. they will outscore their opponents, or at least that's the strategy, and I respect that. That's going to make for some really entertaining baseball for the fans. It'll make entertaining baseball for us, Brandon, when we're watching these Phillies games on a Wednesday night. Yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do. I, I, we... 
we both you and I had already talked about this is that there already seems to be a plethora of errors coming from the spring training. It's like their reputation caught up with them before the regular season did. Yeah. And there's I think three total errors I saw. One of them was like a couple hard hit balls, but there is there is a couple egregious ones. There's a pop out on the uh the first base the foul Hoskins. line. Yeah, yeah, the Hoskins uh just biffed it. Is biffed a word, Brandon? I know it's a character, but is yeah, it a word? Yeah, Biff Tannen from Back yeah. to the Future. <laughs> I, was say, I know it's a character, I don't know if it's a word. And then um yeah, I think Gene Segura messed up what should have been an easy double play uh, grounder to second base, right? That's what happened the other one? Uh, I think Segura did, and then whoever's playing third base, I don't know. I didn't know if I it was Bohm or not. Third. Yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't tell. But it was that, um, and the third base one was a hard hit shot. That's like, yeah. is, a, is, a, is a makeable play, but it also is not not the end of the world if they miss it. But what were you going to say? Uh, I mean, here's the thing. I think if, if the Phillies, if the Phillies should still try to go after Kermeyer or Loriano yeah. from, from the A's, because that will make a huge difference in center field for the Phillies. Absolutely. Huge difference. And, you know, Bryce isn't like a slouch. He's definitely struggled more defensively, but he'll do fine in right Got field. a good arm, yeah. So, I mean, if you if they can get a defensive whiz in center field like those two guys, I mean, I think that would that would, you know, they can't have Odubel. Can't have they everyone, all the Phillies hate all the Phillies fans hate <laughs> him. Yeah, they, they can't be trotting out Odubel again. So, I I think the the Phillies should do what they can to to get a Loriano to get uh a Kermeyer. I mean, that's I would I would be a, then it's, I would be a little more scared of, of the Phillies. It's not they, over, they, you think. What are the what are the chances of, what do you think the chances are that the Phillies make another move? Before opening day, which is what two weeks from, possible. Thursday? I mean, I guess the the big the big signing out there is Conforto, which yeah. I mean, theoretically they could do that. I mean, I guess not? they move Bryce back to center, and, or Conforto could maybe play there, but that would not improve their defense. It would be no, leaning not. in again, yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. doubling down, tripling down again. <laughs> uh, I mean, that that would be scary offensively for sure. But I mean, I don't know. I I, I think it's possible that the Phillies do do make another move. Um, I mean, I think they their rotation's not that great. In no. my opinion, yeah, I mean, I mean Wheeler's the stud. Nola has kind of uh, shitty year last year. Continued to to um, um, regress, you know, yeah, yeah, regress. Ranger yeah, so. Suarez though, Ranger Suarez wasn't so bad. And I, and I was listening to a podcast today trying to determine if he was. He it sounds like he's for sure in their rotation at the beginning of the year, and then if they have trouble, maybe in the yeah. bullpen, which the Phillies famously do have trouble in the bullpen, that they may um, slot him back there. But for now, I think he's definitely a starter, and he I mean he earned it. He put, he pitched really well last year, especially towards the end of the year. Yeah. Um. So I think they'll be interesting. You're right, though. Not a lot of depth in that rotation. If Nola doesn't um if he doesn't at least surpass a little bit what he did last year and just play a, as, a, yeah. as an overall good starting piece, then it's really Wheeler and then maybe Suarez. And after that, nobody, um, which kind of adds to their reputation. That's going to be, uh, yep. and, and also these pitchers aren't going to get bailed out by good defensive plays. You know what I mean? Like they're, mm-hmm. they're, yeah, they're going to be in a lot of trouble there. ERA plus will be very indicative of that, Brandon. And we're stats pod now. I don't know if you know that. We're stats. We're doing good today with the stats. We're doing good it. with the stats. I'll do it. And Brandon, the final the final signing, though, that happened in the division was my Miami Marlins, my favorite team, signed Jorge Soler, a power swinging outfield. I mean, we're, this is an NL East podcast. Everybody in this uh, listening to this podcast knows who Jorge Soler is. Mm-hmm. Had a, a monster shot in the final game of the World Series last year. I watched it again today to try to hype myself up. Got to be honest, not the signing that I wanted, not the signing that I think we need we already have um, some corner outfield pieces that's not a position of need by any any stretch of the imagination and now it all but confirms that one of brian anderson jesus sanchez the jorge soler joey wendell because of all the position versatility out of a couple of those guys um there's going to be somebody benched every game barring uh injury that, that, that you'd want out on the field um but yeah i guess what's your reaction to this as a non-marlins fan yeah where's um, your head at yeah, I agree. I don't think that was the move that the Marlins needed. Um, I mean, and also, Solar, you're sort of 
buying him being the second half guy. Because if yeah. you remember when they got him from, from the, the Royals, Royals right? Yeah. Uh, everyone kind of laughed because he wasn't he offensively one of the worst players. I think he had the a, first half. Of last he had season? a great twenty 2020 twenty or twenty nineteen, and then was abysmal yeah. in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of buying these that second half guy. I mean, the cool thing about it is he's Cuban, which is amazing yes. for the Miami population. Absolutely. That's very cool. Absolutely. Um, and I guess you have to hope that, you know, he's going to be able to hit home runs. You know, even if he has a down year, he's still going to be able to hit bombs. Absolutely. But it's the same thing with the Phillies. It's like they have that monster center field at the Mar- at, at Lone Depot. They yeah. have that monster center field there. Um, God, go out. Why not Loriano? Why not Kermeyer? I don't get it. I, I don't know. get it. Loriano too. I yeah. mean, it makes more sense on the Marlins and the Phillies because the Marlins have that deep prospect list. I know you don't want to give up anything crazy for Kevin I know Kermeyer, prospect but, like, but yeah. Um, my God, there was also on. a report today that came out. I think it was Man on Second Baseball, one of the Marlins guys, Joe Fosario, I think is his last name. Um, he uh, he was reporting that the Marlins were never offering Blade or Max Meyer. So in the in the Pirates trade for for Brian Reynolds, so we never gave them our full option. So they were still scared of shipping off. Our, I mean, Blade had a had a disappointing last year, but he came around in the Arizona Fall League and is looks jacked in spring training. Um, yeah. He, uh, it seems like we're still scared to give away those like top top end prospects that we have. Um, so who knows what we offered? But it, it seems like the Brian Reynolds trade is off the table for now. I could see maybe like a deadline thing if the Pirates are still in in last place and the Marlins are really pushing for it. For I mean, I don't know how they will be in this stacked division. Remember last year when we were like, this division is so stacked and it somehow got more competitive this year than it was last year. Yeah, and now we're like back at it. We're like, it's gonna be so. Good. It's gonna be I'm trying, great. Trying to temper expectations, but I, I don't know. I'm a, I mean, I saw you know uh, there was some projection of like the Marlins lineup or something. Yeah. It's not. It's, just, it's not bad. It's, it's much better bad. than last it's year. Much better than last year, especially and if you have the, Brian Anderson sitting on the bench and DLC. Like that's pretty good. You that's like good. That. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But my God, man, it's like there's like one piece. They just have like one. So piece clear. And, and he was on our team last so year, clear. and now he's on your team. <laughs> yeah. If we had Starling Marte this year, it'd be fine, and we could have offered the same contract that you offered him while he was on the team, and we would have had him through last year and this year. That seems to be one of the bigger mistakes that this front office has made so far. Um, but yeah, I, it doesn't. It does make the Marlins a little scarier. We do need a, a power bat. Obviously, it's hard to hit in Lone Depot Park, um, especially for power. A lot of like warning track power kind of stuff happening over there. Um, and he's exciting. And like you said, uh, Cuban, uh, Cuban-born man. So he's got a lot of a uh, uh, Miami yeah. heritage built into him naturally. I th- the, yeah, I think he'll he'll do great. He'll do great on yeah. the squad for yeah. sure. So, but uh, not sure if that's the right puzzle piece. We forgot another signing that happened in the NLE, so we didn't talk. Kenley Jansen. Talk about Kenley Jansen yeah. and Colin. Oh, Colin McHugh. We did hit last week. Yeah, yeah we did. Kenley Jansen. That Braves bullpen. Scary. You want to talk about? Look at every other bullpen in the NLE. Scary, that dude. bullpen is on paper the filthiest bullpen I've seen in a long time. I know, dude. I know. I. Scary, I'm like scary, dude. I don't know. The Braves. The Braves were won the World Series last year and then got Ronald Acuna back and this designed like Kenley I Jansen know. and Matt Olson. And Matt Olson like <laughs> to replace seven Freddie years. Freeman. No big deal. Yeah, dude. Um, they're a scary team. I mean, again, I, we were just talking about this, but. Uh, Trying not trying to temper our expectations because we did this last season and then the Nationals sold yes. the house and then the Phillies didn't meet expectations the Marlins didn't meet expectations and the Mets didn't meet expectations and so, you know it's kind of funny if you remember we there was like a month where we were like man the Braves bullpen sucks yeah like, dude we were like going off on it and then all those guys Matzik Jackson Will Smith just turned, turned it, it on in the right spot so it's like obviously. As everyone knows, bullpens can be extremely finicky, but on Very paper, volatile. that Braves bullpen is out of control. Yeah. Out yeah. of control. Of we'll see how it is. I mean, Kenley, I know it seemed like the, the, the book was the the story on him last year was that he was regressing a little bit, but statistically, it doesn't look like it as much. So I I think he's changed his cutter for a sinker, which, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Sounds uh, sounds like the same pitch to, to dudes like us on our couch, but I think will make a significant difference in, um, in a, his whiff rate, if you will, Brandon. Well, mm-hmm. I guess not his whiff rate, but his... You know what I'm saying, right? I understand. We're trying to get stats rolling here. We're new to this statistics. <laughs> Episode 49, we're learning stats. Um, Give us back batting average. <laughs> Give us back batting average. Uh, but yeah, Brandon, we have a wonderful guest coming up. Um, after this commercial break, I'm really excited to talk uh, Nationals baseball. Our first preview of the season. We'll continue these through till the till opening day. We will somehow fit five teams in three weeks. We're not sure right, where yeah. or when the episodes will come out. Um, if I had a guess, I would say this upcoming Friday, but I, I, I we can't say anything for certain. We'll figure it out as we go. But Brandon, we will be right back with Amanda White from Half Street High Heat Podcast after this. This episode of NL Feast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Listen, tons of people take a multivitamin. It's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens, which is a word I just learned today. Adaptogens. I could use some adaptogens in my life to help start your day right. Listen, it's a scoop. You just toss it in your protein shake, get back from the gym, you've been running treadmill, training for that marathon, getting gym. Maybe it's cutting season. Maybe it's bulking season. Who cares? Throw a little athletic greens in your protein shake and you will be good to go. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets as well. So vegans, maybe double check. You never know with these things, but sounds like it's good for you. Good for those uh, pescatarian diets, maybe. I don't know why that's the first one that came to my brain, but the caveman diet. Maybe it's good for the paleo heads out there. I don't know. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. $3 a day. That's less than a cup of coffee. I spend more on bacon, egg and cheeses here in New York City than I'd spend on some athletic greens and a little bit more healthy to me. Listen, it's time to reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's getting chilly here in the big city, so I could use some of that. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, sports nerds. Have you heard of ColorCast? Well, ColorCast is a live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and it's free to use. You can talk to me. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. That's right athletes and insiders not just schmoes like me it's perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and reacting to all the breaking news i got on there i got some friends i got some followers and i got into arguments where i found out i was wrong but you're gonna be right when you get color cast download it today it is free to use bring those spicy takes baby and we're back Brandon, we have a wonderful guest joining us today. One of the co-hosts of the Half Street High Heat podcast. None other than Amanda White. Amanda, welcome to the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Our Thanks first so much for being on. This is our first preview. Yes. So I, I yes. Took words out of your mouth. <laughs> started with the best. You know what? Save the best for last. We're gonna say Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, Sam did say last week he said maybe we should go in uh Amanda, this isn't true. Whatever he said. We, we should true. go from the team least likely to win the division to most likely. You can say works, Brandon. You can say it. <laughs> I was trying to you could tell I was trying to be a, a bit. <laughs> You're being cordial, Brandon, and, and polite, and I yeah. appreciate that. Amanda, just know whatever Brandon's saying right now is just a dirty little lie. I said, let's go from our favorite teams to our least favorite teams. And the oh, Nationals yeah. surpassed our personal favorite teams. So if you think mm-hmm. about it, it's quite the compliment. It is. And yeah, I'm very complimented on the Nationals' behalf. <laughs> We're good, good, good. So longtime <laughs> Nationals fan? How long have you been a, a fan of yeah, the team? Yeah, well, since they existed, um, wow. which hasn't okay. been that long. But, um, you know, there was no baseball in D.C. for a very Mm -hmm. long time. So Mm -hmm. I grew up watching the Orioles and being Mm -hmm. kind of an Orioles fan. But I'm a huge D.C. sports fan, huge Caps fan, longtime Redskins, no longer Redskins fan. Huge Um, Commanders fan. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say. So, um, you know, I grew up watching the Orioles and I always loved baseball, but I just could never really love the Orioles like I loved because they weren't from D.C., yeah, that makes and sense. So yeah. I grew up right outside the city. So um yeah. So when the cat the Nats came, I was all in and have been ever since. So if the Orioles and Nationals played in the World Series, good betting odds right now on that. So much money if you <laughs> yeah. put like a dollar down on that right <laughs> yeah, now. We're retiring <laughs> off of that for yeah. <laughs> Um if that happened, would you have any part of you that's like well, the Orioles though? Like are no, not no. no. Okay, what not if the Orioles all. played the Nationals are out of it. The Orioles play the Mets in the World Series. You're going for the Orioles then, right? Uh, yeah, anybody. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, we're being cordial. So I won't yes, yes. Don't say anybody. Dodgers, Orioles. I don't hate the Orioles, although I hate Peter Angelos with the fire of a thousand suns. But of course. Uh, okay. I still do have like a soft spot for the Orioles, but not when it comes to the Nats. No, there's no competition. That makes a lot of sense because we kind of, at least in my, in my youth, I experienced a similar thing where uh, we're from South Florida and obviously the Marlins didn't come in through till t- t- the 90s. So mm-hmm. there was a ton of Braves fans in Florida when I was growing up. And like my yeah. Uncles were Braves fans, and for whatever reason, the Marlins kind of just caught my dad's eye, and he was uh, he was able to pass on that curse to my generation. So yes. I appreciate that. I as feel well. that way about passing my my Washington football fandom onto my children. Oh, uh, not no confidence in Carson Wentz, Amanda. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I was not the happiest of campers. Yeah, that didn't look great. Now. Especially <laughs> now that you're like, oh, look who else is available now. Oh, Matt Ryan. I know. Yeah, I know. Right. People I wouldn't want. <laughs> also, this is this is classic alienate Brandon as a he's a classic one I'm sport a baseball fan. only guy. He's a like, baseball oh, only okay. guy. I famously asked Sam a month ago. I was like, "Who's Gardner Minshew?" So like, I don't know <laughs> what's going name. on. Such a great name. Great name. Great, name. great facial hair. Great regular yeah. hair. He just, yeah, he's the tribe. My girlfriend's he's a Jaguars a fan. Total so package. Yeah, he is a total package. I got for the quarterbacking weird. part. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> he might be better than other starters in the league right now. But we're getting off track. We're getting we off track. So you're yeah. a Nationals fan. Your uh, your your podcast started, you said, in 2019. So do you consider yourself the good luck bringer to the 2019 Nats? Well, we I guess that year. Since then, maybe not so much. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. Um, yeah, they uh, they they did a first to worst thing pretty quick after the World Series win. I uh, that World Series run was just absolutely magical, and getting to be you know doing our podcast for the first season while that was going on, and then you know starting out 19 and 31, and we were all you should hear the episodes from either making the playoffs like it's, it's the, the bad takes are legion, and uh, when they finally it was just it was. You know, and obviously as a fan of the team, it was amazing to watch, but really just as a baseball fan, like yeah. that was, that was a, 
you know, a Cinderella run. There's there's few teams that have made a comeback like that and gone on and win the whole damn thing. And, uh, you know, they won it in Houston, so we didn't go to the game, but my husband and I actually went down. At the stadium, they had, like, a watch party. Oh, that's you know, awesome. They let everybody yeah. come in, so we were able to go. And it's a great story. My, my oldest son and I, he's 21 now. He was um, 19 at the time. And we had a trip planned that we had booked in June when I did not expect the – Oh God! In the world. <laughs> oh, no. And we were going to Europe to Prague and Budapest, and wow. we were we were leaving on the night of Game Seven of the World Series. And oh so my I'm, God! Hey, buddy, listen, I'm going to meet you in Budapest, <laughs> and that that's, is what I did. <laughs> that's dedication, Amanda. You put off like a yeah, an international trip just to watch. Yeah, the, watch well, and it's not like it was like child endangerment. He was 19, and yeah, he's traveling yeah. plenty. But it, it did. He went and took his trip. I was going to rebook both our tickets, but turns mm-hmm. out rebooking an international flight the day before is a little, a little bit messy. So <laughs> um, he just went, and we went to the watch party, watched him win, and then I uh, came home, slept for like three hours, and then got on a plane. I had to fly all the way to Cairo, like through Cairo, to get back because it was the only flight Whoa. I could get there. So it was a little bit crazy. But worth it. It was Absolutely. a. Uh, it was an awesome. And it makes for a good story later. <laughs> what what few people know? Cairo, Egypt, huge Nationals fans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was wearing a national hat while I was there, and so many people. You know, they were not. Yeah, not even going to talk about it. Yeah, uh, I NASA, actually wore it all over Europe that whole time. I wore my national. I mean, suit. of course, no. You have to. Did you load up on the World Series gear too? That's my favorite oh, thing to do. They could have sold me literally anything. <laughs> With any early W on it after that World Series, and in fact, you know, it's an ongoing thing we are we bitch about on our podcast is that those blue jerseys that they wore, like their navy jerseys, oh that yeah, like jerseys, they still you can't buy them. Like you can get the navy ones. They came out with the Nike ones the next year, and they're not the same. No they don't have script. They have the curly W, and like you can't buy the damn things. That's like, so I wild. I would have bought everyone I knew oh. one for Christmas that year, and they didn't oh. sell it to us. They're so missing out on the bucks. That's their fault. I know. They're, they're Just won't take our money. They're screwing themselves over. Well, Amanda, we teased this a little bit at the top, but the Nationals of all of the National East teams are predicted to do the worst. Now, this is a, this is not an objective fact by anything. Anything can change. Um, but my first question as we kind of dive into this season preview is I love asking this to our guests is, what, do you, what, are, what are the expectations of Nationals fans this year, and what are you looking forward to this season? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, the bar is the floor. So I don't really have a lot of expectations. I mean, they literally ended one of the worst teams in baseball last year with one of the worst records. And there was was some fun stuff to watch, you know, late in the season, but it was for a team, you know, Mike Rizzo, the general manager is, is somebody who's, you know, he's, since he took over the team, they've competed. I mean, they've won, you know, a lot of division titles. They've, they've been a competitive team. They've been trying to win. So it's, it's an adjustment as a fan to get into this rebuild mode. And, uh, so no, I don't really have a lot of expectations. Honestly, I, I saw somebody else's preview said they were predicting 75 wins. I think that's a little too optimistic. That's a little optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm thinking somewhere in the 65 to 70, like if they don't yeah. lose a hundred games, I'll call that a win. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But that makes sense. There's, there's some exciting stuff to to see. I think, um, you know, Kate Cavalli is probably going to be with the team at some point. They're going to play service time games. So he probably won't start the season with the team. Yeah. But I assume he'll be up. Um, there's a few things that they're doing that I wish they weren't where they're, um, you know, Alcides Escobar is going to be a starter instead of, you know, instead of the, I don't understand why they don't play the young players in a season that's obviously going to be totally gone. agree. Totally it's, agree. What are you accomplishing by playing, you know, 35 and 38 year old? veterans and it you know it's one thing if you have a team that's that's 
that's pushing for a playoff spot and you, yeah, exactly. and you win a game here and there, but there's just no point in it now. <laughs> so I'm a little frustrated by those decisions. So um, do you, are you anti Nelson Cruz deal? Cause that was obviously the big signing for the nationals and Nelson Cruz actually had that statement where he said, he was like, Oh yeah, they told me they're going to invest a lot of money. And everyone's like, what? Okay, yeah. I bitch about them signing players in their thirties and they're like, okay, this guy's not in his thirties. So, <laughs> yeah, well, do you want better? Well, I absolutely loathe the DH. I am so pissed that there's universal DH now. I am a okay. DH hater. So that being said, Nelson Cruz is obviously the biggest signing that they made. And it's going to be fun to watch that guy, you oh, know, yeah. hit behind Juan Soto. Yeah. I mean, you can't yeah. hate that. Um, Josh Bell will probably hit behind him. I'm thinking okay. they're going to go three, four, five with those guys, but I would, I would rather mm-hmm. see him hit, you know, see Soto hit second, but I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens. I think Lane Thomas is going to be our leadoff guy. Oh, um, okay. Well, he, he yeah. played pretty well, though, when he came he over. Did. Actually, yeah. and it wasn't that small of a sample size. I mean, he played pretty well yeah. last year. So, I mean, there's some, like I said, there's some fun stuff to look forward to. And sure. in a season where you don't have expectations, you could just, it, it's funny in a way that um, when you have a team that's trying to compete for so long, then you're kind of living and dying with every game. And, you know, you're furious when they're not going to make the playoffs. And it, it's kind of in a way more pure to just enjoy the baseball when you don't expect anything do you know absolutely no i know exactly mechanism yes it definitely is but that was me all of last after the after the trade deadline when the marlins dumped off starling Marte and the writing was on the wall that we weren't making the run i was like okay well now i'm just gonna watch the young guys just kind of enjoy the games have them on the background shelf and there's nothing wrong with that you know it is it is you don't want to do it all the time but i think a lot of fans um more casual fans who don't kind of understand the business side of baseball so much or you know don't care about it I, I think they often have these expectations that a team is going to be able to try to be competitive every year. And that just isn't realistic. Um, you have to retool, rebuild, yeah. whatever you want to call it, but you have to tear it down once in a while. And the Nats went a decade without tearing it down. And the, yeah. was the worst in baseball. I mean, they had one guy, Kid Cavalli in the top 100 last year, and he was 99th. I mean, it was the, <laughs> that was barely made it by to, and when it became clear last year they weren't going to make a run, I mean, it, as painful as it was as a Nats fan to watch them sell everybody who wasn't nailed down, it it needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. So are you, uh, speaking of the trades, yeah, last year, obviously, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer to the Dodgers in return, uh, Kiba Ruiz and Josiah Gray. Did you like what you saw out of those guys a little bit last year? And, and are you expecting them to take another step going into this season? Yeah, actually, re- those, those were obviously the two kind of marquee guys we got back with all those trades. Um, and I think that Ruiz is going to be the starting catcher this year. It looks like, so that's going to be really cool. They're not even considered prospects anymore because of how much they played. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Last year. So, you know, they've graduated to being, you know, regular MLB players now. And, you know, Josiah Gray was good. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't Max Scherzer. Yeah. But nobody's Max Scherzer. So um, yeah, I, I'm really excited for Ruiz. I'm excited for Gray. The starting rotation is, um, I mean, I mean, Patrick Corbin was the by ERA, I believe, the worst pitcher in baseball last year. Yeah, and he, probably and our, our opening day starter. Opening day starter, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, Max Scherzer's gone, and uh, so you've got Steven Strasburg, who signed a massive contract um, after the World Series win, and has, I believe, pitched 16 innings since Oof. then. Oh, that's a bad stat. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. It hurts, and uh, you know, he's he's throwing now in spring training but okay. he's only been there for three weeks and he's already said he wants his full six weeks of ramp up like he's used to for spring training so he's not going to start interesting 
which to me, like in a normal, you'd be like, oh, okay, he just needs three extra weeks. But to me, it's like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something fishy going behind the scenes. Yeah, whenever they're starting to request for more time off, you got to wonder what's happening. Yeah, and the Nats are kind of notorious for not being honest about, like in uh, spring training a, a few years ago, um, Anthony Rendon like tweaked his oblique or something. And they're like, oh, he's day to day. He's probably gonna miss a couple couple spring training games and then he didn't play until like June. Oh, brutal. Yep. Yeah, that's Will. Well, as a Marlins fan, we don't know anything about that. Sixto Sanchez is perfectly healthy. and he'll, Yes, he'll be no, problem at all. no problem. Just yeah. look at his Instagram page. It's totally normal. Just keep looking at it. Um, uh, also, it, with that being said, Carter Keyboom, uh, today I think announced he's going to be on the 60-day uh, IL, not DL. Yeah. That's, old, that's old news. I IL. Yeah, I don't know why I can't make the transition. I know. Um, was, he a, was he a player that you thought, uh, you know, when you were looking forward to watching this year with the gray and the Ruiz or no, is that someone? No. That, yeah, I have no. kind of given up already on Carter Keyboom. I think he's, I don't know. He, he was, he can be so good in the minors, but every time he comes up, he seems to just kind of wilt under the the pressure of being in the major leagues. And obviously he's facing a much different level of pitching at the major yeah, leagues. Totally. It's not just his offense. He's, he's been a real liability at third base. He's been given multiple opportunities and, and on a team that was contending this year, I don't think there'd even be talk of him as a starting third baseman. Um, so no, I don't have high hopes for him. I mean, I hope he surprises me and I'm wrong, but I've already sort of written off Keyboom as an experiment. That's a shame because he's got one of the best baseball names out there. Carter Keyboom. The marketing's there. The marketing's there. Yeah, he his brother was uh was on was a catcher. Spencer Keyboom was on the team. They were both there for a while, which was kind of fun. But he's out of the league now. I think he just wasn't. You know, he wasn't going to be a big leaguer, but wasn't going to cut I don't think Carter is either. So oh, oh, no, Carter. Um, so so you're a big Cade fan, though. Cade seems to be getting a ton of national attention. I, I read a tweet today that I was like, Cade Cavalli is uh, the next Nolan Ryan. And that kind of took Who me said down. That? Okay, was, that's a little... I'm scrolling through the Twitter feed. I'm just I'm regurgitating here. I'm not, it was I'm not Mary gonna... Cavalli, Cade Cavalli's mom. <laughs> yeah. um, but I guess tell me a little bit about what to expect if Kate's supposed to come up, what kind of player he is. Is he's a, he's a, a flamethrower? What, what's his deal? Yeah. So, I mean, he is the top prospect. He's moved up, I think 60 spots on the prospect lists in the last year. He's, he's got electric stuff. He's, he's a really good pitcher. Um, he's probably the only one of the Nats top five prospects that are likely to make it into the big leagues this year. Oh, wow. Um, he's, he's, one of the very few bright spots um, for Nats fans. And he's in camp right now. And um, he pitched was it yesterday, the day before it wasn't televised because our Masson, our, uh, you know, mid Atlantic sports network, yeah, our yeah, yeah. regional sports is actually owned by the Orioles. Oh God. They're, they never stopped talking to you. <laughs> no. Oh, it's no, when they, it's, it's such a long story. The point is that they're owned by the Orioles and the Orioles get to control everything. And they don't, they owe the nationals like hundreds of millions of dollars. Mm, okay. You want to know why I hate Peter Angelos, <laughs> but that is an entirely separate conversation. But yeah, Kate Kamali is, I think the, if you had to say, you know, what is the brightest bright spot for the nationals right now? It's Kate Cavalli. And he's getting, like you said, a lot of, you know, national attention. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people that that's have right now that are, really, um, that are really big prospects. Brady house is another one. Um, he was the, that, the draft pick last year, right? Last year, right? The first draft pick and last so year. He's, you know, he's not close, obviously, because he was just drafted last year. But he's a he, – it, it's funny. They always draft pitchers, almost always. The Nats mm-hmm. in that rounds. So seeing them draft a position player was pretty cool. He's and supposed to be huge too, right? He's six foot four. Yeah. He's a, he's a big dude. So he and might then move then, off shortstop, I'd imagine. Then. Are they yeah, talking third about base? 
too too early. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's a really good shortstop, but you know, he's a big dude, and yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I think usually you want a little bit more nimble out of your shortstop, yeah. but we'll see. He's so far off that you know he's like fun to hear about when you get the minor league updates and stuff, but he's not mm-hmm. outside like, of that. Yeah, yeah, outside of that. And there's a couple of other pitchers they've got. Um, that they're not close either. Maybe 2023 Cole Henry and okay. Jackson Rutledge, who mm-hmm. you know in the Nats world get some run, but aren't really you know, nationally getting any attention at this point. Yeah. Rutledge is and, the name that sounds familiar, but the other one is, is a, not somebody I've heard before. He's only at high A. So, oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Then. Yeah. There's a, the reason you haven't heard of him yet. <laughs> um, and the other one I'm the most excited about is Christian Vaccaro, who they, as international signing. Oh, um, interesting. He's, he's 17 years old. Okay. So, so a mean, little bit of time. Yeah. A little bit of time. I think he's projected to get to the bigs in like 2027, but wow. okay. he's right. a really exciting, like, Five tool. He's at their Dominican baseball academy. The Nats have a Dominican um, oh, awesome. baseball school, and uh, it's where a lot of of their players come out of. And uh, so he's he's a pretty exciting kid. There's uh, recently he was somebody was um, watching him play down in the Dominican Republic, and he was making a catch in the outfield. And instead of stopping when he got to the outfield fence, he just hurdled it. Oh, <laughs> oh my like, god! I know. You see that stuff, and you're like, oh. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. That's no, gonna play. It's your baseball action, heart yeah. fan pump. You're like, wow. <laughs> uh, so those cir- are, yeah, really for oh, the prospects. <laughs> sorry, man. Um, I was gonna say, can I circle back? I want to find out um why you are pro or excuse me, anti DH. I mean, oh, I was question. I used to be like that. Um, and once the 2020 season happened, I actually kind of became pro uh dh um and i'm okay with it now i mean it benefits my mets so i'm a little selfish but why are you <laughs> anti-dh i have always been anti-dh and i just um I, I feel like it's an adulteration of the game i like the fact that on in baseball you know if, i like football and you have offensive mm-hmm. players and you have defensive players and that's fine it's a different sport but for me in baseball everybody who plays in the field should hit and that's that's the pure game and i've i kind of didn't mind it being you know, that, that the leagues were different because it had a sort of charm to it. Yeah. And I really just prefer National League Baseball. I like the strategy. I like the the double switches. I like the fact that you have to account for your pitcher's spot coming up. In the, or I enjoy that part of it. Now, I understand people say, oh, but pitchers suck at hitting. Pitchers suck at hitting because we don't expect them to hit. If part of making the major leagues and being a major league pitcher was being able to hit, people would be able to hit. So it was a self-fulfilling prophecy in my opinion, and uh, I would have, I would have rather seen the DH entirely eliminated if they wanted the leagues to be the same, rather than have it become universal. Mm-hmm. And obviously, that was never going to happen. But there were some great <laughs> ideas too about tying the DH to the starting pitcher, where once you pulled your starting pitcher, you lost your DH, and that kind of thing. And I think that would have been a better process, a, a better compromise, because I really think it was kind of a big fu to a lot of the fans who really preferred national league baseball because national league baseball is over there is no more national league baseball it doesn't now exist. we just have major league baseball now it's all one it's yeah, all it's not even the major leagues anymore we have conferences <laughs> yeah. we don't have leagues yeah like it's the same games i love that answer i think that's a great one of the best, strongest answers i've heard for for anti-dh and i i agree with you in the sense that like your pitchers going you know seven innings they're only at 85 pitches but you're you're and you're tied zero zero it's like okay what are we gonna do here but this you know we need to win this game it's an interdivision game it's like that i agree i used to like do the math in my head and go okay the pitcher's coming up next and i you will see, miss i that like part. That. I, I enjoy I like that, that too. i agree with you 
that. Amanda, there's another player that we did want to ask you about too, which is Victor Robles. Are you uh, as out on Victor Robles as you are on Carter <laughs> Keeble? Yeah. yeah heavy guy. I kind of am. Um, even more, I think, than I am on Kiboom because I think Kiboom still has. I, we know what Victor Robles is at this point. He's uh, he he was at one point touted as uh, he was our highest ranked prospect above yeah. Juan Soto, and Juan Soto only came up when he did because Victor Robles broke his wrist in AAA, and so we needed somebody to come up, and we couldn't call Robles, and so they went and got Juan Soto, which is crazy when you think I about know, it. I know that's insane, <laughs> but. Wow. Um, yeah, he is just, I mean, obviously it's been disappointing because he was five-tool player, you yeah. know, super high-ranked. Pro- he was talked about on all the, the national lists about, you know, the best prospects in the NAP system. And he's, I think, undoubtedly been a disappointment. But, I mean, the guy got sent down last year, you know. And, yeah. on again, much like he on a contending team, he this wouldn't be a conversation. He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be on a contending team. Having said that, I don't guess there's any harm this year unless you have somebody younger who you want to give some playing time to. But it's it's just frustrating when they they won't give and, and Davey Martinez, the the manager, will say things like, Well, we want these guys to get every day at bats, so we're gonna send them back down and let them start the year at triple A. Well, give them every day at bats at the major the league major level. Step. What the hell are you doing? Like what they the need time. is to learn how to play against this level of competition. And what good does you know? Cesar Hernandez at second base, do you, or you know what I mean, or, yeah, or having a Escobar? It just it doesn't make any sense to me, and it's like they just can't quite go all in on the rebuild. Commit because, to it, yeah, yeah, like just commit to it. We're gonna suck, mm-hmm. and just let the young guys get as much experience as you can. And a guy like Nelson Cruz, I don't think Nelson Cruz is gonna be on the team after the trade deadline. And I think no. it's smart for them to load up on guys on one year or two year deals. They can flip at the deadline because one year worth of rebuilding the farm system isn't enough it's better but it's still not a farm system like you look at a, a team like the dodgers who just they have so many That's prospects everywhere. they're so yeah. deep that if guys get hurt they can just they have people ready at triple a and we don't have mm. that and yeah. so you know let's let these guys especially the younger guys let them play get maybe the they'll be good enough yeah. that somebody else will be like hey i want that prospect or i want that young player so it's just for me, um, Robles is not one of those guys. I guess if you have nobody else to showcase it at center field, then whatever. But I don't think, I don't think Robles is. He may be at some point serviceable, but for a guy we expected so much from to have serviceable be his ceiling is really disappointing. I do love the move of the the sign like a, a power hitter to a one or two year deal, knowing you're going to deal them at the deadline too, which does it's kind of screams what's going to happen with Nelson Cruz, uh, yeah. like you were mentioning at the top. And it's a great way to reload the farm, though. Come on. It is a good way because, you know, on a team that's close or they're making a playoff run or they know they're going to be in the playoffs, having a guy like Nelson Cruz on your team is is a, the kind of thing where you're like, we just need one more piece. The Nationals are a lot more than one piece away, but that's a guy who you can use as trade bait for sure. That's why it's so funny to me how he played the game because he has to know, this isn't his first rodeo, that he knows he's going to get traded. So he he played the game where he was like, oh, yeah, they're going to add more players around me. And we're like, <laughs> what? what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mike Rizzo told me they're going to you know build a winning team around me. I'm like, nobody believes Nobody you. should say that. You, Nelson, <laughs> you know that's not going to happen. You know you're going to be on the Yankees. And if Mike Rizzo <laughs> told you that, he should be damn ashamed of himself. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, we got two more things to cover before we get your final season prediction. First, where's this Juan Soto extension, Amanda? We This should have been done two years ago. What's going on? 
back up a Brinks truck or like give him a check and be like, add as many zeros to this yes, as you would like. Here you go. You fill this However out. Ever <laughs> much money. I honestly just, Scott Boris is his agent and okay. Boris hates to take, hates to let guys sign extensions. Yeah. The only one with the Nets, by the way, was Steven Strasburg. And that contract is such an albatross now. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think um, Boris wants, especially a guy like Soto. Soto's going to get, a if he continues to do what he does until he comes into free agency, he's going to get a better contract than Mike Trout. Yeah, he's going to get a yeah. monster deal. A and monster, monster I think deal. Boris and probably Soto want to see what that looks like. Like, how much money can we actually get? And I don't blame the guy. I mean, yeah. that's it's it's mind-boggling amounts of money. It's probably going to be half a billion dollars. Yeah, and uh, I don't think the Lerner family, the owners of the Nats, have shown any indication that they're going. You know, they let Bryce Harper get away. They let Anthony Rendon get away. You know, they don't sign their star players. They go to free agency and they leave. And as a fan, it sucks. Yeah, but I, people expecting a, a Juan Soto extension, unless they literally give him a blank check which I don't think that there's any chance they will do. I, I don't see it happening. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. It's, That's it's hard great. to take. The Max Scherzer yeah. thing already has been hard for me to take. Like I, I, know, I told yeah. you guys we weren't recording yet. Like I have muted the words Max Scherzer on Twitter because I can't. <laughs> the, seeing him in a Mets uniform like literally causes me too heartbreaking. Pain. Yeah, I've done the opposite. I've set notifications. <laughs> yes, I bet you have. I bet you have. Did you see the jazz, jazz bunted on Scherzer today, uh, Brandon? Did you catch that? I did see that. I sent it to you, and I was like, uh, "I did not see that." That's terrific. <laughs> yeah, he he beat. Yeah, he beat the shift. He bunted the, down the third base line. Got there. It's great. He's been practicing with Juan Pierre, Marlins legend Juan Pierre. So that's uh, it's good to see him coming <laughs> playing off. But um, uh, Amanda, before we get you out of here, we need to know the final season prediction. What do you what are you anticipating? Uh, the amount of wins that you'll see out of this Nationals team this year, and where do you see them finishing in the division? Fifth. Oh, that's an easy one. Um, uh, yeah. You said it, not us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I just, you know, I'm being realistic. If they finish fourth, uh, you know, I'll, then I'll, I'll be very sorry sad. Then I'll be very <laughs> sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> your Marlins will have um, yeah, so taken the cake on the last place in the division. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't even think they're just going to be last place in the NLEs. I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in baseball. And, um, you know, and it's by design. So, yeah. It's hard. It's not. It's not fun to have your team suck, but it's also when you just accept it and you don't expect them to win. It's not, um, not as painful. It's not, it's not as painful. Yeah, so absolutely. I guess I'll say, I think their ceiling is like 72, maybe if like everything breaks correctly for them and they, they, you know, have a really good run somewhere in the middle of the season or something. Um, but yeah, I guess 72. Is I'll go max. with, just to be, yeah, max. I think maybe more realistically, like 69, 70. Okay. Okay. And Soto's obviously the MVP of the team. There's no question about it. No question. Well, about yeah, it. that's obvious. And it is going to be fun to watch Cruz and, and Soto. Yeah. Absolutely. Mash. Josh Bell too. Yeah. 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 It is going to be fun. I actually think that if you like watching people mash, the Phillies will be more fun to watch. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. We'll, we'll be covering them soon, but uh, I, I, did, yeah, I, tell, soon. <laughs> I yeah. did tell Sam today that I was like, I need to find, uh, uh, some weird sports book somewhere that will let me take the bet that the Phillies will lose a game on a pop-up that they should have caught to end the game. <laughs> yeah. Just an egregious oh, error at the very defense end. Defense is so dreadful, but oh, yeah. that offense is going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, it doesn't matter like, if you score 15 runs. Yeah. Right, exactly. Their defense might be bad enough that even if they score 15, they might still lose, but it'll still be fun. Yeah, it'll. So if you like offense, 
Uh, yeah, we'll watch the Phillies. But uh, Amanda, thank you so much for coming on. This was a joy. This is so great. Um, is there anything you want to plug, the, uh, your podcast, your Twitter account, anything before you get out of here to, to give a little shout out yeah, for you? Yeah, that'd be great. So our Twitter, our, our podcast is Half Street High Heat, We're, wherever you can get your podcast. We also have a website, halfstreethighheat.com, which is actually a lot bigger than the podcast. We have NCAA baseball coverage oh, and a lot of stuff going on on the website. And we actually um, you know, are looking to expand and maybe add some more shows um we're part of the fan-sided network so we're affiliated with district on deck which is another website in dc so there's a lot of fun stuff going on and um you can follow me on twitter at a white 7877 is my personal twitter and then our uh show is at half street high heat with st for street thanks for having me on guys it was really fun yeah of course amanda go nats go nats we're on fans right now They're not going far, but go wherever it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, And we'll be right back after this break. Today's episode of NL Feast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, not .com, not .gov, you know, .org, or open Instagram and type in at S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K, spelled like sports drink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying to not let the funk out. And we're back. Big shout out to Amanda White from Half Street High Heat Podcast. What great Nationals information. We had some realistic takes. We had some uh, some interesting prospect talk there, Brandon. A great conversation all around. We're, we're really appreciative of Amanda taking the time and coming on. I agree. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Anna Brandon. I think that's it for our show. Shouts out to Sports Drink, our podcast network that still knows that we're around. Brandon, uh, plug your little Twitter account so we can get on out of here. Little, uh, you can follow me at Brando Grosso. I almost forgot my thing. <laughs> at Brando Grosso. What's your Twitter? Follow me at NL Feast Sam. Follow the podcast at NL Feast. Make sure to shoot us some emails. NLFeastPod at gmail.com. We'll answer any and all questions so long as they're appropriate. Leave us five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify podcasts. If you read or if you leave a five-star review, we will read it on the show. Um, and I, I think that does it. Go play Elden Ring. Brandon, don't play Elden Ring. I'm going to play Elden Ring right after this once I'm done editing the show. But anything else before you get out of here, Brandon? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.